KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah, KMTT, the Torah podcast. Today is Tuesday, Shur in Parshat HaShavua. Shur Parshat HaShavua will be given by Harav Chanoch Waxman. This week's Parsha, Parshat Dvarim, Moshe Rabbeinu, at the beginning of his lengthy address, which comprises most of the first part of Sefer Dvarim, takes up the role of history teacher. And here, near the beginning of Parshat Tvarim, Moshe recounts for the Bnei Yisrael um, the appointment of the judges, the, appoint- the shaping of the judicial system of Am Yisrael way back when, at some point during their journey during the Midbar. And here, uh, let us take a look at the Psukim. Um, Perak Aleph, Pasuk Yudalid of Sefer Tvarim, says as follows. Moshe tells Bnei Yisrael, and I took the heads of your tribes, Anashim, Chachamim, Biduim, etc., etc. And then in the following Pasuk, in or in fact, in the next Pasuk, in fact, in Pasuk Tetzayin, Moshe says as follows, and I commanded these people who had been selected, uh, your judges at that time, listen to your brothers, and judge righteously between a man and his brother and between the stranger. Next Pasuk, do not turn aside or turn a face or tilt to one side in judgment. Kakaton kagadol tishmaun. Uh, to the powerful one or to the less powerful one, one should listen. Lo do not be afraid of anybody. Ki mishpat. The phrase here or the stem shin pei tet mishpat. Actually, for the fourth time in these very few psukim, ki mishpat hu because justice belongs to God. and the hard matter you should bring to me, ushmativ, and I will hear it. Now, um, as mentioned a few moments ago. Um, what we have here is uh, a recounting by Moshe of the appointment of the judges. Um, and, as pointed out um, by both Rashi and Ramban, uh, this story, or the original time uh, that the Torah uh, tells us uh, regarding the appointment of the judges, is found in Shemot um, Perak Yurchet. It, in fact, happened way back when, uh, way back in the second year of the Midbar, when Bnei Yisrael was still encamped uh, at Har Sinai. And Moshe here recounts it in the 40th year um, at Arvot Moav, at the beginning here of his first speech in Dvarim. Um, now, although this jibes with our um, general intuition, we do in fact remember from Shemot that there was this appointment of judges uh, way back when, it is worthwhile to take a look at some of the textual markers here in the story um, both in order to get a, a finer sense of exactly what Moshe is talking about, and also to build the parallel between Moshe's recounting here and the original account of the story found in Shemot Perek Yudchat, which I mentioned a few seconds ago that both Rashi and Arnban point out. So I'd like to return to the few psukim I read, and just to note um, some of the features here. Well, first, the first that we're talking about Shoftim, we're talking about justice and the appointment of judges, that's very, very clear. As I mentioned a few moments ago, in these few psukim between the span of Pasuk Tet Vav through Pasuk Yud Zayin, the phrase Shofet or Mishpat, or one of those two terms, and the stem Shin Pei Tet, meaning judge, justice, or judging, appears four times. So this is, of course, a story about the appointment of judges. Now, a second um, interesting feature 
is that there's a kind of hierarchy uh, that is set up, and it is worthwhile here to focus carefully on Pasuk Tetvav. Moshe says in the latter part of Pasuk Tetvav, Vatenotam Rashim Aleichem, and they were appointed, Sarei Alafim, officers of thousands, Sarei Me'ot, officers of hundreds, Sarei Chamishim, officers of fifty, Visarei Asarot, and officers of tens, Vishochim Lashiftechem. There's this idea of groupings. Um, there are those of the thousands, those of the hundred, those of the fifties, those of the tens. And we can almost think of a sense of a pyramid, where the base of the pyramid is quite wide, with a shofet for almost every ten, and above that, a slightly narrower plane, a, bit, um, a shofet for every hundred, above that fifty, above that ten. And of course, who is located at the apex of this pyramid, at the apex of this hierarchy? Well, there we have Moshe Rabbeinu located, as stated in Pasuk Zion towards the end of Moshe's recounting, Vahadavah asher yikshah michem takrivun The hard matter kind of filters up this pyramid and eventually comes to who he is located at the peak. It comes to Moshe Rabbeinu. So we have here so far three features. One, the idea of appointment of judges. Two, the sense of the hierarchy, the sarei alafim, sarei meot, and the kind of pyramid. And three, the idea of that the davar kasheh, the hard matter, eventually comes to Moshe. Now, of course, it's also worthwhile to note that the whole purpose of the appointment of the judges uh, here in the story in Devarim is, of course, to make things a little bit easier for Moshe. And it is worthwhile to take away, take a look at the, at the pasuk in which Moshe introduces his recounting of the appointment of the judges. In Perak Aleph, Pasuk Tet, which is, so to speak, the beginning of the story for us here in Devarim, Perak Aleph, the Torah says as follows. Va'omar elechem be'etahi. Moshe says, and I said to you, uh, I said to you, the people at that time, Lemar, lo uchal levadis etachem, I cannot do it alone. And it's the whole purpose of the creation of the Marechat HaMishpat, the system of judges or of this hierarchy, is to make things easier for Moshe, that most of the work is done by the pyramid, so to speak, those beneath Moshe, and Moshe only deals with the difficult cases, and that seems to be the image that uh, is created here. Now, of course, um, all of this should be familiar to us from our background knowledge of Shmot um, Perak Yurchat, but nevertheless it is worthwhile just to go back and look at the verses there in order to um, build the parallel in a precise fashion. Um, if we take a look, for example, in Perak Yurchat, Pasak Kaf Aleph in Shmot, here we already have um, uh, some, a point where we are deep into the story, um, where Yitro is already speaking to Moshe and advising him what to do. And Yitro says as follows in Perak Yudchet, Pasuk Kaf Aleph, Va'ata techazem mikol am, and you should choose from the people, or from all the people, Anshei Chayil, Yerei Elokim, Anshei Emet, Sonei Vatsa, so choose these people, V'samta alem sarei alafim, sarei meot, sarei chamishim, sarei asarot, and make them into officers of thousands, officers of hundreds, officers of fifties, officers of tens, and what is the point of this hierarchy of this pyramid of this group of officers next pasuk pasuk kafbet the shaftu at am bechal eight and they will judge the people on a constant basis vaya kol hadavar hagadol yaviyo elacha vechol hadavar hakaton yishpituhem and of course the small matter they will judge themselves but the davar gadol the large matter the difficult matter that will filter up the hierarchy filter up their pyramid and that will eventually come to Moshe so we have here of course the three elements we talked to or three of the elements we talked about before one 
the notion of appointment of judges, two, the notion of the the pyramid and the hierarchy, and three, of course, the idea of things filtering up, of coming to the apex of the pyramid, the Davar Kasha coming to Moshe, and of course, what's the point of all this? And here we get to four, the end of Yitro's sentence in Shmot Perek Yudchet Pasuk Kafbet, and they will make it lighter or easier for you, and they will carry some of your burden with you. The idea here is again to lighten the burden of Moshe, and that's the purpose of the Marachet Hamishpat, of this hierarchy, of this system that is created. So, of course, the stories are parallel um, in these four ways, and without a shadow of a doubt, Moshe here in Tvarim Perak Aleph is recounting the appointment of the judges um, back in Shmot. He is, so to speak, giving us a version of the story of Shmot, Parakut Chet, which happened way back when, um, when the Bnei Israel was still encamped at Har Sinai. Now, this, of course, is quite interesting in as of it goes, but I think it raises a crucial question for us, one which we uh, should discuss in this year today. Um, and that is uh, as follows. Here, in Sefer Tvarim, we are located, as the first Pasuk of Sefer Tvarim tells us, we are located at a point of transition. Am Yisrael are about to um, cross over the Yardin uh, into uh, the land. We are here located in the 40th year. We are here located in Arvot Moav. And Moshe begins his last speech to Bnei Israel, his last speech, his last teaching, um, his exhortation, his recitation, something which is meant somehow to prepare Am Yisrael for entering into the land. And that is, to some extent, what all of Sefer Tvarim is about, and certainly what the beginning of Parshat Tvarim is about. And what we really need to ask ourselves is, why here and now does Moshe need to recount, at the very beginning of his speech, something which happened way back when, in the second year when Bnei Yisrael is still located on Sinai? And this is not just a question of time, but I think it's a question of relevancy. What possible relevance does the story of the appointment of the judges have to this point in time and place, the 40th year in our vote mob? Why does Moshe need to recount this now? Why is this story of the recounting of the judges found here at the beginning of Moshe's speech, which opens Sefer Tvarim? And that is the basic and primary question I would like to deal with. Um, however... In addition to this kind of general formulation, why Moshe chooses to recount the story of the judges here and now in the 40th year at Avot Moav, I think we also need to ask a more particular, more specific question, one which is tied up with the flow of the text here in Dvarim Perak Aleph. And what I'd like to do is just to take a, a few steps back, or to go back a few psukim, to the verses located right before Moshe begins to recount the appointment of the judges. Um, now, after the general introduction here of Eil Hadvarim, which seems to give us some setting, some location in time and place, uh, the Torah says as follows in Parak Aleph Pasuk Vav, or Moshe says as follows in Parak Aleph Pasuk Vav, he recounts the words of Hashem, the Tzivu of Hashem to Am Yisrael, um, way back when. Um, and Parak Aleph Pasuk Vav says as well, Hashem Elokeinu Diber Ileinu B'chorev Lemor. God, our Lord, spoke to us at Chorev, saying the following, Rav Lachem Shevet Bahar Hazeh, Oh, you've dwelt long enough at this mountain. Pnu Usu Lachem Ubo Harahem Ori, Vel Kol Shchinav, etc. So Moshe recounts that God commanded 
A, you've been long enough at this mountain. B, su'u, travel. C, head off in the direction of Har HaEmori. Now, of course, what is the purpose of that? We jump down to Pasuk Chet. Pasuk Chet says as follows, Re'ena ta'at li'fnechem et ha'aretz. Bo'u u'rishu et ha'aretz. Asher neshubashem lo'vatechem la'abam n'tzok li'akov. So the point of this journey, uh, the su'u, to the direction of Har HaEmori, is for the purpose of Rishu, for inheriting or conquering the promised land. So Moshe here recounts the divine command, and there are four markers. There's long enough at the mountain, there's traveling, there's the direction of Hara Mori, and there's the command to conquer the promised land. Now, if we jump a bit further on in Parak Aleph, to right after Moshe finishes recounting the story of the judges, we find in Parak Aleph, Pasuk Chet, the following verse. And Parak Al Pasukhet says as follows Vanisa me Chorev, and we traveled from Chorev, from that mountain. Vanel is at Kolom in Bahagadola Vanara, who asher eatem der Harha Emori, Kasher Tziva Hashem Elokeinu. So we left the mountain and we traveled and we came to the direction of the Emori exactly as God had commanded us. And then what did Moshe say in Pasuk Kaf Aleph? And I'm skipping here a verse down to Kaf Aleph. Moshe said to the people, or Moshe says that I said to you then, see, God has given you the land, go up and conquer the promised land. So in the Psukim, immediately following the recounting of the story of the judges, and I'm referring here to Pasuk Yud Chet through Kaf Aleph, we have the accomplishment of God's divine command to leave the mountain, to travel, go to the direction of Hamori, and to conquer the land. And then the people are, so to speak, beginning to execute that command or accomplish that command. They travel, they come to Har Hamori, they're about to go and conquer the land. And of course, the only reason this first journey collapses is because of the Chet Hamaraglim that happened at Kadesh Barnea, the place they arrive at, which Moshe is about to recount in the remainder of Perak Aleph. But what we should realize here is that there's something very, very strange textually that happens here. Moshe first recounts God's command to travel and to go conquer the land, and then he recounts the beginning of that accomplishment. But right in the middle of the two, in between Pasuk Chet and Pasuk Yutet, in Psukim Tet through Yud Zayin, Moshe recounts, of all things, the appointment of the judges. Right smack dab in the middle of that first journey, of the story of that first journey from Chorev coming to Hara Omori, which then failed through the Chet Raglim. At that point, right there, Moshe recounts the story of the appointment of the judges. And, of course, this kind of says, Darsheni. We have here not just a general question as to why Moshe recounts the story of the appointment of the judges altogether, the beginning of Sefer Dream, but why he places it exactly where he places it. So to speak, right in the middle of that first journey, Likrat, the collapse of that first journey, in the Chetz Maraglim, and all of this needs to be explained. Okay. Now, as we well know, sometimes in Judaism and Yadut, in learning, a question can be answered by another question. And what I'd like to do is to explore another well-known, famous question regarding the recounting by Moshe of the appointment of the judges. And by working through that, maybe come back towards the end of the Shi'ur to our issue of placement that we have raised and work things out that way. Um, So what do I have in mind by this second question about the story of the appointment of the judges? Well, as already pointed out by Ramban, there are some very, very fascinating differences um, 
between the Torah's account or Moshe's account of the appointment of the judges found here in Dvarim Perak Aleph on the one hand, and the Torah's account of the original appointment of the judges found way back when in Shmot Perak Yudchet in Parshat Yitro. There are numerous differences to put this in a short way between Parshat Dvarim and Parshat Yitro regarding the appointment of the judges. Um, now, while there are many, I think there are five crucial and very obvious differences, or perhaps five axes of difference, that I think we can note with, with almost very little effort, which I think are worthwhile to point out. The first, and this is already pointed out by Ramban, is regards the origin of the idea uh, for the appointment of judges, or perhaps, um, uh, maybe better put, the question of who is the originator of the idea uh, to appoint judges. And for this, I think we should look at uh, the text. If we take a look again in Dvarim, Perak Aleph, Pasuk Tet, the text says as follows. V'omar alechem ba'etahi lemar Moshe says, and I said to you at that time, lo uchal I cannot carry you alone. Um, so things here seem to originate um, with Moshe. And of course, a few psukim later, uh, Moshe says in Pasuk I cannot carry the burden of you all alone. I think very clearly here in Tvarim, things originate with Moshe. But of course, we know uh, from memory alone almost that that is not the way things are um, back in Shemot. In Shemot, Perak Yechet, Pasuk Gimel, at the beginning of Parshat Yitro, it is of course the story of Yitro. And the day after his arrival, after bringing his karbanot, Perak Yudchet, Pasuk Yud Gimel, in Shmo, tells us as follows, Vayimi macharat, and it was on the morrow, Vayeshev Moshe l'shpotet ta'am, and Moshe sat down to judge the people, Vayamod da'am al-Moshe min abokar and the people stood in front of Moshe, or waited for Moshe, or stood over and against Moshe from the early morning until the evening. Vayar choten Moshe et kol asher hu la'am, and the father-in-law of Moshe, Yitro, saw everything that Moshe did to the people, Vayamod ma'at avrasa shat oseh, la'am, madu'a, why are you doing this to the people? Things, of course, begin um, with um, Yitro's observation that this is uh, too much. Things originate um, with Moshe. And, of course, if we um, look on a bit further uh, on in the Psukim, um, Yitro says in It is not good. And listen to my advice. I will advise you. This is, of course, known as the story of Atzat Yitro. And the first crucial and radical difference between the two stories is that while in Dvarim, the appointment of the judges seems to be Moshe's idea, or to originate with Moshe, of course, in Parshat Yitro, in Shemot Perk Yudchat, things originate with Moshe. And this is one crucial difference. Now, a second uh, crucial difference, or axes of difference, which might be thought of as being related uh, to the first difference of origin, is what I might think might term the question of motivation, or the rationale, the motivation and the rationale for the appointment of uh, judges. And here I would like to turn again to the text, this time in Shemot. In Shemot, Perkichet, Pasuk Yud Zayin, we read as follows. Vayomer Chotein Moshe Elav, and the father of Moshe said to him, Lo Tov HaDavar it's not a good thing that you're doing. He will certainly rot, both you and the people, Asharimach, that is with you. It is too heavy, it is too much. You cannot do it alone. 
Yitro is of course concerned for Moshe. He's also on some level concerned with the practical problem of of rot, of difficulty. This is just too much. It's not good for you, Moshe. It's not good for the people. And of course then Yitro comes along with his practical advice to get Moshe helpers to build up a marachat mishpat. And the focus of the tone of the text in Shmuel Perkechet seems to be practical. However, I think in Dvarim Perak Aleph, the tone, uh, the, the motivation is a little bit different. And here I go back again to Perak Aleph. Um, Pasuk uh, Tet, where Moshe begins, I cannot carry you alone. Or Pasuk Yudbet, How can I carry alone the difficulty? Things begin here with almost a confession by Moshe of his personal inadequacy. Uh, it is difficult for him. This seems like not so much a practical issue, but one with strong existential overtones, the issue of how much Moshe can or cannot do. And I think here, there is a slight difference, at the very least, between the two stories. And for those of you who might be aware of it, there's a kind of echo of the language of Bamidbar Perak Yud Aleph, the language of Ba'alotcha, which is a story that's all about the kind of personal or existential difficulty that Moshe has in dealing with Am Yisrael. And there is that tone here in uh, Dvarim Perak Aleph. So I think a second difference is not just, one, the origin of the idea, but to the motivation, the practical versus existential personal inadequacy of Moshe issue. Three, I think another crucial difference or axis of difference, and this can be defined as the appointment process, a difference in the appointment process, the question of who chooses. As we already noted, in Dvarim uh, Perak Aleph, uh, things begin with Moshe's speech to the people. And Moshe continues on with his speech to the people and says in Pasuk Yemel the following, Havu lachem anashim chachamim unvonim v'yiduel m'shiftechem, etc. Moshe says to the people, Oh, bring men. Choose people who are going to be the people that we're going to appoint. And Pasuk Yudala, the people respond, Vata'anu oti vatomru tovadavar. And you answered me. And you said, oh, this is a good thing. And apparently the people presented their candidates. And then in Pasuk Tedad, Vakach, and Moshe took them. So what you have here is a process of mutual decision um, between Moshe and the people, where to some extent, these judges are chosen by the people. Moshe says, Havud, it's a good idea in the eyes of the people, and then Moshe goes along with the people that, uh, with the people that the people have chosen. So the appointment is primarily done by the people, it is the people who choose. Of course, in Shmot Perak Yuchet, this is completely different. Um, if we go back to the advice of Yitro to Moshe in Perak Yuchet, Pasuk of Aleph, it says as follows, Vata Techazeh Mikol Am, Yitro speaking, to Moshe says, and you, Moshe, choose from amongst the people, and Elokim, strong men, God-fearing men. So a third difference is the appointment process in Dvarim, the judges are chosen by the people, and in Shmot, the judges are chosen by Moshe, and this is a third difference. And now a fourth and fifth difference, I think two that are closely related, um, but still slightly different. I think the fourth difference is the qualifications of the people, and the fifth difference is the identity of the people chosen. And to get to this, we have to go back to the Pasuk that I read just a moment ago. I have in mind Shmot Perakirchet, Pasuk Kaf Aleph, one more time. Yitro says to Moshe, Vata Techazeh Mikola Am Anshechail, choose strong, powerful men, Yirei Elokim, God fearing men, Anshe Emet, men of truth. 
Sonibatsa men who hate bribery and corruption. So these men are God-fearing men, strong men, powerful men, lovers of justice, haters of bribery. In some, they are straight arrows. They have really the perfect qualifications for being judges, men who cannot be swayed, who will see justice through to its logical end and place. In contrast, there's a whole completely different series of qualifications that are listed for the judges in um, Dvarim. We take a look in Dvarim, Perak Aleph, Pasuk Yud Gimel, where Moshe suggests to the people to present candidates. He says as follows, Havu lachem anashim chachamim. Bring wise men, unavonim, and understanding men. Well, still, that's okay. V'yiduim l'shiftechem. Men who are well known to all your tribes. So, the qualifications here are completely different. We're not talking about God-fearing, strong men who love justice and hate corruption. We're talking about wise, intelligent, understanding men who are well-known, who are recognized, who are popular. And this is a completely different set of qualifications. And this is a fourth difference between the two parashiyot. And I think this is connected up as a moment moment ago, uh, as I said, to a fifth axis of difference. And that is the identity of these candidates who are chosen in the two stories. In Shemot Perak Yichet, it's very clear that these men are intended to be Shoftim. They are called Shoftim over and over, and they are primarily known as Shoftim, as judges, period. However, if we return again to the Pasuk that lists the qualifications of the people that the Am will present as their desired candidates, again, Perak Aleph, Pasuk Yudgimel, the Torah says as follows, or Moshe says to the people as follows, the wise, understanding, and popular men, and I will put them as your heads. Um, and then after the people agree and affirm Moshe's suggestion, uh, one pasuk later, in pasuk tetvav, we have here the execution of the plan, the carrying out of the plan. It says as follows, Et and I took the heads of your tribe. Again, the phrase is heads. Anashim chachamim v'yiduim, wise and known. Ve'etenotam rashim aleichem, and I put them as heads above you. Now, these people do judge, but primarily they're known as heads, as roshim. And the phrase rosh, uh, meaning head or perhaps leader, appears here three times in the span of these two psukim, and this is a difference in identity between the two stories. While in Shemot they're just judges, here in Dvarim these people are roshim, and this of course requires explanation. Now, what I'm pointing out here by raising this second question of the difference between the two stories, the story of Dvarim, Moshe's recounting, versus the original story in Shemot Perikut is that we have an additional problem. Moshe is retelling, Moshe is recounting of the story of the judges is not exactly the way the Torah presents it um, in Shemot Perikut And there are these five categories or axes of difference. The originator of the idea, the motivation uh, of the idea, the appointment process who chooses for uh, the qualifications of these people who are chosen, and of course, five, the last point we made, uh, the identity, Shoftim or Roshim. What are we to do with all this? And how does this, if in any way at all, help us to resolve the question of the placement, uh, the very fact that Moshe recounts uh, the story of the appointment of judges here at the beginning of, the, of Sefer Tvarim, the question that we began with. Well, 
I think it kind of works out as follows. Uh, if we think about the differences that we noted between the two parshiot, on some level, the two stories, or the retelling uh, by Moshe Harin Dvarim, has a very, very different focus than the original story. The story of Dvarim carries with it a different focus than the story of, of Shemot. And what I mean by this is something like the following. The account of Shemot Perek Yudchet is really a story about the judicial system. The question of whether the judicial system is functional or, or non-functional. Um, its roots are found in the pragmatic observation by Yitro that Moshe cannot judge all by himself. Um, there's this pragmatic problem that the people are frustrated, the people stand there day and night. Simply put, the marachet, the system, doesn't function. And the solution uh, to this problem is to choose the people with proper qualifications. Um, the Anshe Chayil, who are Anshe Emet and Sone Batza, who love truth and hate injustice, to choose these strong men and appoint them as judges. And that's really exactly what happened. So it's a story of functionality or non-functionality with its roots in the pragmatic observation of Yitro. And the solution is the choice and appointment of the well-qualified judges um, who are going to help Moshe and the setting up of the hierarchy. Okay. However, I think if you think about it in the retelling of Moshe here at the beginning of Dvarim, we have a completely different focus. And I think, again, the key verse, uh, or the key verses, are Parak Aleph, Pasuk Yud Gimel, and on, and I think it's worthwhile to read it again. Havu lachem anashim chachamim unvonim v'yiduim l'shiftechem. Bring men who are wise and understanding and known to your shvatim v'asimem v'rashechem, and I will appoint them as heads. And let me now, so to speak, translate loosely the idea of Rosh here really means as, as leaders, as sanctioned leaders. Um, in other words, on some plane here, the focus of the story and the retelling of Moshe, it's really a story of leadership, or perhaps a story of the addition of additional leadership. The roots of the story lie in Moshe's personal existential inadequacy, his recognition that he cannot do it all alone. How can I carry it alone? And as pointed out earlier, the language here echoes the story of Balotcha, of Bamidbar Parakut Aleph, Moshe's collapse at the prospect of more complaints by the people and more complaints by the people. Moshe recognizes he cannot do it alone and there's a, a need to augment the leadership. And of course, what is the solution? The solution is consultation with the people. Who are the people who are ra'ui, who are suited to be this additional leadership? And after this consultation with the people, there's this group decision by Moshe and the people together that these people will be the Roshim. There's this joint choice of communal leadership. And it goes without saying, the, the atzat Yitro, the advice of Yitro, the pragmatic advice of Yitro and his concern for his son-in-law and for the Am and their journey on the practical level, all of this is not particularly relevant to this story of leadership or Moshe's focus on the aspect of leadership to the judge's story, the notion of Moshe's recognition of not really being able to do it alone and the need for the group together to decide on some sort of communal leadership. And that's why Moshe tells the story the way he does here at the beginning of Dvarim differently than Shemot Parikinet because he's focusing on something else. He's focusing on the leadership aspect as opposed to the judicial aspect. Now, how does this help us resolve um, the question of placement. Why is it that Moshe tells the story here together, here all together, uh, uh, for that matter? 
and why, of course, uh, how that fits with why he tells it the way he does. So to wrap this up, I would like to turn back to uh, Pasuk that we have not yet read. The very, very beginning of the parsha, Zorim, Perak Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. And the first verse of the parsha begins as follows. Moshe El Kol Yisrael Ba'midbar, Ba'arava, etc., etc. I think we cannot forget the setting here. The setting is the 40th year. The setting is Avot Mo'av. And what looms on the horizon is, of course, Eretz Yisrael. After 40 years, the people are finally about to enter into the land. But there's something else that looms on the horizon here. Um, not just so much on the horizon of space, but on the horizon of time. Moshe's imminent departure. Moshe's imminent histalkut. Moshe is about to leave. Moshe is about to die. And the whole reason for the speech of Moshe found here, or the speeches of Moshe found here in Sefer Torah, are because of Moshe's imminent death, um, his need to prepare the people for his death, for this transition into the land, and for this transition um, to Moshe's uh, not being with them, and just, so to speak, guarantee that the people will stay on the straight and narrow path. Um, now, one might say that no doubt what weighs upon Moshe is what will happen to the people once he's no longer there. Um, what will happen to the journey to the land? Um, will it continue or will it collapse? And without a shadow of a doubt, Moshe remembers what happened last time he left the people for a very, very, very brief period of time. And even recounts it here in Sefer Torah. When Moshe went up on the mountain um, to get the Luchot, well, we know exactly what the people did. They said, They said, Well, this man, Moshe, who had brought us all along, who had brought us out of Mitzrayim, who had brought us on the journey to Sinai, we don't know what happened to him. And what did they do? Well, they made themselves an Elohim, they made themselves an Egel Zahav, they bowed down. Well, they certainly did something wrong, whether or not they committed a a descent of Avodah Zarah or not. And I think, undoubtedly, the question of what's going to happen to the people weighs upon Moshe's um, mind, and as a kind of inoculation um, against this problem, the over-dependence upon Moshe, the panic, the fear, um, the problems that will ensue when the people see that Moshe is no longer with them, Moshe tells them right here, just know, from the very beginning, from Sinai and on, from the time of the second year, for the last 40 years, it hasn't been about me alone. Lo uchal Moshe said from the very beginning. And from the very beginning, we appointed a marecha, we appointed a system. There was communal leadership. There were judges. There was augmented leadership, which is what has guided you on the journey all along. And by telling the story of the judges here at this point in time, the way Moshe does tell it, I think he tries to encourage the people. I think he tries to remind them that all along it hasn't necessarily been about just Moshe, and therefore they should not be overly concerned, overly dependent upon him, and they should not be overly worried by his imminent departure. Moshe, on some level here in telling the story of the judges, tries to inoculate the people against any sort of problem um, that will emerge upon his death, by reminding them that there's been a leadership all along and it hasn't been just about Moshe all along, that it can't be just about Moshe all along. I think that is part of the purpose of his recounting of the story of the judges um, here at this point. 
I just want to add to this one last point and then to finish up the shiur um, and here to draw something from uh, Chazal. Uh, in reading the speeches of Moshe at the beginning of Sefer Dvarim, Chazal view Moshe's speeches not just as encouragement, not just as manhigut, not just as leadership, but also on some level as tochacha, as reproof of Bnei Yisrael. And sometimes the tochacha is gluya, sometimes it is revealed and open, and sometimes the tochacha is is kind of hidden. Um, it's, so to speak, a subtext found within um, the words of Moshe. And I think on some level that is also true uh, regarding our story. And what I mean by that is as follows. Um, as pointed out earlier, Moshe tells the story of the appointment of the judges, which we can now talk about as the appointment of the leaders, as a preface to the story of the Chet Amraglim. Um, right in between the command by God to go and conquer the land, the beginnings of that accomplishment, and of course the collapse of that first journey in the Chet Amraglim. But as we well know, who stood up as leaders um, at the Chet Amraglim? Well, it was only two people. It was Kalev and it was Yahushua. But where were the Roshim? Where were the Shoftim? Where were the Shotrim? Where were the people's self-appointed leaders that were supposed to guarantee the journey? At the time of the Chet Raglim, they were nowhere to be found. And therefore, by telling the story of the appointment of the people's leaders as Roshim, here in this place where he tells it, Moshe sets the stage and sharpens the criticism of the people found in the recounting of the story of the Chet Raglim. Because it never should have happened. You had communal leaders. You had self-appointed leaders. You had Roshim. You should have taken responsibility, and the Chet Moraglim never should have happened. So Moshe's speech here is not just encouragement and inoculation against his looming departure, it's also criticism. A reminder of how in the past the people did not take responsibility, or the people's uh, augmented leadership did not do its job, and how in the future it really does need to. Um, so in fact, we have here Moshe not just as manhig, as leader, as encourager, but also Moshe as mochiach, as critiquer and reprover of the people. And this, of course, is a nice introduction to the speeches of Moshe throughout Sefer Dvarim. Okay.